All right, welcome back to episode two of Life Between the Sticks. Your host, Brandon, joined by the man, Cody Cropper. We are here with an update on the World Cup. Uh, episode one is out, audio only. Had some video technology <laughs> issues. Uh, that so might have been my fault. I'm not sure. It's a learning curve. It's a learning <laughs> curve. Uh, but we're at least back. I'm watching on my watch to make sure we're going. So if that's why you see me looking down, uh, it's just to make sure that we've got this for YouTube. Yes, so yes. Uh, the YouTube people, welcome, Cody Cropper. Hey, how's it going? Just so you know, we are watching the Argentina-Mexico game in the background. So if there are any absurd reactions or facial expressions, you know exactly why. Yeah, again, as we joked earlier, uh, peak Ochoa versus peak Messi here. This so. is true. This is true. I'm not sure which version we're going to get of, of both of them or neither of them. So we'll kind of see how that plays yeah. out. It's uh, Yeah, it's it's been fun. There's been nonstop games. Uh, I wake up to results. Then I try to work through the day with games being on. It's been yeah. a lot to juggle. Yeah. Obviously, we just had Thanksgiving in the U.S., um, I feel like I, m I missed almost two full days of matches. Yeah. Uh, it, very. I don't think I watched a single game on Thanksgiving because of everything going on. But um, it is what it is. We know the results. It's okay. Yeah. You, look, most people aren't able to watch every single this game. This is true, especially when they're on at 4 and 5 a.m. So Central. it makes it a little difficult. I'm sleeping. Like Central time. That's where I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Uh, we're going to go through the update of results, what has happened since our last episode. Uh, then we're going to obviously talk about the U.S. versus England game again. you got a couple Americans. Yep. Practically a dual citizen here with this your, is true. your British heritage. This is true. British heritage. Yep. Uh, my Welsh heritage we're going to leave to the side for now. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not such a good one to be claiming right now. But. Well, it's good for my American heritage or citizenship, I should say. Uh, so we'll obviously talk about US England. We'll go through updated favorites because a lot has happened. Almost all the teams have played two games. So you yep. pretty much know yep. after two games where things stand. Yeah. And then we'll give uh, some updates on some of the top goalkeeping performances. Again, in case you missed it, MLS goalkeeper. Division three goalkeeper, coach, but that's where we're looking for this. <laughs> this is our lens, so we're always going to be watching the goalkeepers and seeing uh, how the referees have done us an injustice. That is true. All and right. Talking about injustices, that is a terrible tackle. Yeah, classic. All right, first one, some of the other results of what has happened. So um, we got to go way back. Morocco, Croatia, another nil-nil. That's going to be a through line with a lot of these games. Yeah, I have a feeling that a lot of these games are going to end up nil-nil, uh, 1-1. Uh, very close games, but for me, Croatia should be beating Morocco. World Cup finals last time this around. This is true. Yeah, this is true. Uh, Belgium, Canada is the other one in Group F. Belgium winning one nothing. Uh, Courtois making a penalty save. We'll talk more about him later. Canada got 22 yeah. shots off, but only a few on target. So. Yeah, I think it was three or four. Uh, that said, I thought in the first half, they were the better team. Um, I don't know if you watched that some, game. Some. Um, they were the better team in the first half, in my opinion. However, you know, when you have a goalkeeper that was contender for Ballon d'Or winner, I you know, it's pretty safe <laughs> it, to say that it helps. you're in good hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, group E, uh, you had Spain just waxing Costa Rica 7-0 yeah, without a, a forward. Classic tiki-taka. Yeah. That's uh, – and watching that game, the first 20 minutes, it was nil-nil and – or 1-0. And I did not think the score would escalate that quickly. But that is prime Spain. Yeah, Kaylor Navas having uh, a day to forget for him and his team yeah. in front of him. I but mean, I, yeah. Spain just tired them out. They at, at some point they just they literally just gave up. Yeah, it's not only that; it's every goalkeeper has those those performances too. Um, I've been in his shoes. It's not easy, <laughs> and he's one of the best in the world. So it's proof that it happens too. All of us. Absolutely. And then I think the even bigger result of the day was Germany 1, Japan 2. Yeah, that was uh, quite an upset. My wife has Germany winning the World Cup. All right. Very little soccer knowledge, mm -hmm. but she is very intelligent. So um, It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt if <laughs> they do not advance. One and two, I mean, they don't win the World Cup. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big-time upset. However, I will say Captain Yoshida is doing previous Southampton players proud. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, 
group, let's see, G, so on Thursday, you had Switzerland one, Cameroon nothing. I, I mean, not much in it. Not much in it. The other one was uh, Brazil two, Serbia nil. Yeah. Uh, they had to work for it a little bit. I think it was nil nil half time. I believe you're right. Uh, that said, Brazil is the favorite, so you would expect them to kind of yeah. beat a Serbian team. That was the that, Richarlison jumping sidekick. Yep, yep. And it got a lot of publicity. Yeah. I I mean, he had all the time in the world. He wasn't under that much pressure. But it is but, harder than it looks. So he we'll he see. stole the headlines there. He did. Um, Tiago Silva, Chelsea player, uh, captain for the third time in a World Cup. I think he's the first player to be the captain in three different World Cups. Really? Yeah. That's actually... Very impressive. Um, 38. So yeah. he's been captain of Brazil since he was 26. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. That is quite, Milan, that is quite the days. tenure. Yeah. Very impressive. Uh, group H, you had Portugal 3, Ghana 2. Uh, this one was is exciting. Ghana yeah. with the comeback at the end, trying yep. to make it happen. Uh, well, not only that, they had the, the Portugal goalkeeper had the incident where he rolled the ball out, didn't realize the striker was behind him. <laughs> Striker takes the ball and slips at 3-2 and doesn't score. That's and, tough. And think how much that would have meant to not only to not only him but uh the country and their their chances of qualifying yeah. for the next round. 3-3 three is, is obviously a massive result having Against been Portugal. down. Yeah. So you you'd have to see how that shakes out. And then the other one in group H is Uruguay and South Korea nil-nil. Yeah. Um again, you have attackers in there but uh, South Korea defending as yep. hard as they can. Uh, then there was the big one on Friday, right? Wales, yeah. Iran, to to preface it. Uh, Wales, Hennessy yeah. getting a straight red. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I don't know what he was doing. That's a, that's a tough one. Uh, we've all been in that situation before. I, I think he kind of just gets antsy and is yeah really looking just to impact the play. Um a little bit too much involvement. Yeah. And so Iran ended up scoring two uh, right at the end of the game to win yeah, two did. nothing. And they are now uh, on three points in think, second place in the game. I think they scored in the 96th and 98th, 97th, 99th minute. It's, it was uh, it was well after Hennessy had been sent off. Yeah. Well 20 into minutes the 90s. or so. Yep. Um, and then obviously England, USA, nil nil draw. Uh, as we joke in America saying, we won 0 0. Um, yeah. uh, again, the U.S on top in large parts of that game. Obviously, England with the quality had chances. So. Uh, but, you know, I, I think 1-1 is probably what we should have gotten based on the chances that were created. I would agree. Pulisic, uh surprised everyone smashing the crossbar with his left foot. Yep. McKenney skied his his half volley off a good cross. Well, he had um, two or three chances that he, you know, didn't really convert. And it's funny because mm -hmm. he's, he's converted a, quite a few of those for Juventus in the last couple months. But... You know, it's the world stage. It's they've never been. This is true. There's some inexperience, and and I think it's just the moment is is very big. And whether it's it impacts you or not, I, I mean, those chances come and go. Yeah, and that's part of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll obviously dive into that one a lot deeper. Uh, and then Group A, you had Netherlands, Ecuador, one one. Um, uh, again. Ecuador putting up a fight, Netherlands doing enough to kind of at least, again, you, you really need four or five points to get through. Um, so I think neither team was kind of stretching themselves. And then Qatar one, Senegal three, um, Senegal back on track after losing to the Dutch. I think they lost the first group game. Um, but, you know, scoring three goals and kind of like bouncing back, it's, yeah. again, Qatar is the one that everyone in that group is going to want to make sure they get all three points absolutely especially at this point now that they are eliminated um i think who plays them next i don't uh, i think it's netherlands netherlands because i think netherlands played senegal yes. yeah yep. yep and, and then he made the mistake Qatar. yep so there's their goal so yeah yeah ecuador so, senegal will be the yeah the, i mean that's the big one yeah it will be uh quite a lineup for the netherlands but uh you would you would think that Netherlands will win that game, and the winner of the Ecuador-Senegal game will advance. Yep. So Ecuador's got to win. Senegal's got to win. They both beat Qatar. Ecuador-Netherlands drew. So like you said, 
Uh, I think it's one of the situations Senegal now has to win to go through, kind of like yeah. the U.S., whereas Ecuador can win or draw. So yeah. they have a little bit uh, more in there. And then today we had the early match. Australia beat Tunisia 1-0. I couldn't tell you what happened in that game. All right. Uh, France beating Denmark. I did watch quite a bit of this. Uh, much, much tougher. Uh, Denmark, uh, or I guess France scored first. Denmark, resp- Denmark responded off a corner. And then Mbappe with the winner. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. He's one of the best players in the world right now. So it's, uh, I, I, I mean, France are one of my favorites to win. So that does not surprise me. However, I do have Denmark going through in my bracket. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that Denmark can, can pull out a result in the next game and advance. Well, uh, unfortunately for you, Poland won 2 nothing at Saudi Arabia. Mm, so they are true. top of that group, I believe. Yeah, um, that makes it a little just more kidding, difficult. Just kidding, they're in different groups. <laughs> Denmark is in with Australia, Tunisia. Uh, mm. So they'll probably be there. But Poland did beat Saudi Arabia 2 nothing. This is so true. After Saudi beating Argentina, um, coming back down to earth a little bit. Yes. But they missed a pen. She says he saved it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's difficult to be in that position of beating Argentina. Missing penalty, losing 2-0. They're still in a good position, but they now need to beat or tie Mexico to have any chance mm-hmm. of advancing. And that's it's not going to be an easy game. Yeah. Well, especially, obviously, Mexico-Argentina playing right now. So yep. if this goes Argentina's way, which they 100% need all three points, yes, they then do. Mexico will be far more motivated yeah. in the last game. So anyways, a ton of matches going. That's what's happened uh, a lot. I would say for me... Um, out of these games, I think Spain even showing up as big as they did, even though it's Costa Rica, I give them credit. Absolutely. Um, but I think for me, kind of like the stars out of this are Brazil. They just took care of business. Yeah. They did what they had to do. They look good doing it. And Agreed. to me, they seem like the best team coming out of this um, round of matches. Agreed. Agreed. I, uh, I would certainly agree with that. They are the World Cup favorites, Brazil. So you would expect them to be winning their games that said did you see the injury to Neymar yeah I mean a bit of an ankle swelling you know yeah that is a pretty nasty looking ankle and hopefully he uh he can get back for the group stages or the the knockout rounds what are you what are you doing for an ankle like that you draining it just ice and tape ice and taping let's let's go I'm gonna try at least I mean (laughs) however it's Neymar and they may they may want him to be fully recovered before he, he gets back out there. I think they said he's done for the group stage. Yeah, that is. Unless a, they somehow need him the last match. And I don't think they will. Uh, they, you know, winning winning against Serbia has really put them in a good position. So, Yeah, because the other two teams in the group are Switzerland and Cameroon. I mean, again, without being disrespectful, Brazil should be able to go in there even without a Neymar. And who knows, that we'll get that little, that cheeky little thing of, is Neymar good for team chemistry or not? Like, are they yeah. maybe better without him? Right, right. We, we might <laughs> we might find that out pretty quickly. Oh, uh, no, no doubting his talent. It's just maybe the the chemistry and the cohesiveness that's there. All right. Anyways, let's let's roll on into the U.S. England game. Um, one of us was wearing a U.S. kit uh, on 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 Friday. One of us was wearing an England kit. That is true. So you want you want to talk about it? No, not not. Uh, You're repping the Brits. I was. Um, England, actually, to be specific, not England the British be, Empire. Yes, England, to be specific. And I will say I was wearing an England jersey because I was born and raised watching and supporting England. And you have deep roots there. I do. My parents, my parents, my grandparents still live there. My family still lives there. Uh, supporting one over the other is always difficult, but... For this game, I was supporting England, and it was more or less because I went to a USA watch party. You wanted to be different. And I wanted to be the one person who was causing issues. <laughs> this classic so, goalkeeper. Just <laughs> You all get a run around? I'm good. I'm going to stand yeah, back here I'm and do my own thing. Here. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. All right. Uh, even my wife was wearing an England jersey, and well, she is Irish, so that says even more about her. That's true. Yeah, yes. uh, that's good for you, I'd yes. say, actually, in your security. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would agree. All right. So starting lineup, 
changed it again. Uh, it went with a 4-4-2 this time instead of a 4-3-3. Yeah. I think it played a little bit different. I mean, this is saying that yeah. Pulisic was a left mid. I, I definitely He was he playing was, as a false, exactly. false 9 or a 10. I think that on the graphic we saw from the World Cup, it was um, – so Turner and goal, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, thoughts on red gloves with an orange kit? I mean, not great. Not a big fan of the red gloves and is, orange is kit. Is this just maybe – I think that's his glove with Arsenal. West Coast. And Arsenal. And Arsenal, right. So a little bit superstitious there? Maybe. Very much so. It could be uh, – it's a strong possibility. Otherwise, tough look. But, but he hey. has been wearing those gloves for five or six years. So. Showing off the athleticism in his basketball history, he <laughs> claimed everything in the box. He did, yeah. He was, uh, he was a monster on set pieces and and balls into the box. And I think he uh, – you know – He's shown that he can play at that level. Real athlete. Gotta love to see it out of an American. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Multi, you had multi-sport athlete. Right Serginho sure. Dest, uh, the blonde-haired on the right, uh, thought yeah. he actually had a good game. We'll get into that. Walker Zimmerman, Tim Ream again, and, and Anthony Robinson. So yeah. keeping the back five the same, which is mm-hmm. smart. You really top teams in these tournaments don't have to rotate their defensive lines, which is, which is good to see. Agreed. And in my experience – the more consistency you have with a a back four or your defensive group, the better because you're able to build the chemistry that you need that will carry you through. Right. It, it's just it's easy to play off each other. You predict what they're going to do in situations. Yeah. Like there's no time to to have to learn on the fly in these games. Agreed. Uh, then in the middle, you had how they had it set up was that Tyler Adams was holding as a six. And then you had Weston McKinney and, and Musa as eights in front of him. Yep. The midfield, absolute just warriors in this game. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that they did a very good job of, of shutting down the English midfield of, of Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, and Mason Mount. Um, because those are three world-class players. And it's not to say that Weston... Tyler and, and Musa are not, but mm-hmm. you look at the names and they're the clubs that they're playing for, it's it's a different level. And I think that they all did a very good job of, of controlling the mid the midfield and controlling what England England was able to create throughout. Well, okay, and what is exciting for me is Weston McKinney plays for Juventus. Again, not maybe as many minutes as we want, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but he's in Serie A playing Champions League. Yes. Tyler Adams is in the Premier League playing with Leeds, being very competitive. Correct. And Yusa, or Musa is in La Liga playing. Like, mm-hmm. when was the last time we had three central midfielders in the top five leagues? Like, quite honestly, it might have been Bradley when he had that short stint at Roma. Yeah. Yeah, and by so. far, who was around him? Maybe like Graham Zusi and yeah, and, Graham um, Zusi on the right. I'm trying to think. Fabian Johnson maybe on the left. <laughs> Beckerman, that, yeah, Beckerman in the middle. <laughs> Back and he in the played day. his entire career at Salt, Salt Lake. Lake. Um, but again, it, they did a very good job of of controlling the midfield, and I think that really helped the U.S. to a zero zero draw. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, then up front, we had Pulisic, uh, Haji Wright, and Tim Weah as well. Um, yep. No no surprise. Tim took a bit of a beating. Uh, Pulisic did well. Agreed. Uh, Haji had to do a lot of hard running. In, yes. In, in running and work that a lot of people don't appreciate. Or wouldn't do as well or as would strikers. would not do, correct. Um, and I think one of the biggest things is you look at the strikers that are in the squad. Not just Haji, but... Josh Sargent, etc. They are all very similar players, and they will all do that hard, nitty-gritty work that is needed for the success of the team. Yeah. That and and that has to be the core mm-hmm. of an American team in an Absolutely. international tournament. Because if we're still not good enough technically, and maybe even like kind of those above and beyond skill sets, like Christian mm-hmm. has it, mm-hmm. but like. Until we're there, we need to not take any shortcuts and like Absolutely. run the miles that need to be run during a game yep. to make sure that you know if you don't track back one time, the teams you're playing that could be it. That's Absolutely. the difference. Absolutely, um, you have to be able to outwork your opponents when you're not going to be as talented. And I think the American team right now, yes, they're very talented, but they also all work extremely hard. 
So on the other side, you had Pickford in goal, Trippier right back, Stones, Maguire, center backs, Luke Shaw left back again, unchanged from them. Bellingham, yep. Rice holding mids, again, unchanged. Uh, Saka, Mount, Sterling with a cane up top. Copy, paste for England. Yep. Again, no changes. What I was just so surprised about is they came out from the beginning not interested in dictating or pushing the tempo. They were ready yeah. for one point from the beginning. Yeah, they were very flat. I think that they went in with the mentality from the way that I see it. I think that they went in with the mentality of if as long as we don't lose, we're okay. What do you make of that? I mean, they waxed Iran. They have great players. Yep. You're coming against the U.S. who hasn't been there in eight years. They made it to the semifinals um of the last world cup had a good run in the euros won the uefa nations league or whatever it was i think like no they were relegated no whatever they were relegated this year which was very disappointing maybe but. it was the previous uh anyways yes my point being that like look at all of those names like you would think that they could impose themselves on the u.s do you think it was playing the tournament you know, they know they get a point. They have to play Wales at the end. They lucked out. I mean, well, I guess they knew going into that the Wales had lost. They're probably going to have a dejected Wales team to just wall yeah. up in the last game. I think they go into it knowing the result of the Wales game, but also playing playing the tournament. I think Gareth Southgate would have known that a point was okay. They can walk away with that and be happy and in a good position. However, from a fan's perspective, I think that you always want to see a team go out and kind of roll the ball and, and yeah. put the pressure on. And even if you're uh, a U.S. fan playing England or an England fan uh, playing the U.S., you want to go – you want to turn this TV on and see England kind of test other teams. And they have the ability to do that. And I think a lot of people who would have watched that game yesterday were very disappointed with a nil-nil draw. Uh, the British media are not happy. One out of to no. your point, seeing Wales lose means that this now is the hardest game they're going to play in group play. Absolutely. So to your point, uh, you know you don't have to worry about yellow cards. No, they didn't. I don't think they had any against Iran. Nope. So like these are some things you have to manage, right? Because Weston was on a caution. That's definitely a reason why he came off. Uh, I think Des was also on a caution, but he yes. ran himself into the ground. Like he earned that sub. Um, the, now you're getting after like in the middle of the second game, you really have to think about suspensions and it's not just suspensions for the third game. It's suspensions for the first round of knockout at this yes. point. There's a lot that really goes into it. He's doing the math, right? He's in there building the matrix in his mind saying, yep. all right, we got three points. If we can get a fourth point here, you know, knowing that the U S and Iran are going to have to scrap for that one. It, or I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and knowing that whales are essentially out, it's just, there's so much like data that you have to kind of play, take into effect and things yeah, like that. Absolutely. Um, it, it just, you know, and he's probably trying to keep his squad as fresh as possible. I, I'm just coming into it, trying to solve it. But like watching it at Brits pub in Minneapolis, we felt good. We got to halftime. We were like, yeah. and I looked at Dana and Chad and I was like, uh Oh, they're like, what? I'm like, we have hope. <laughs> yeah right right like we're and, in this yeah of of course and and everybody that i was with felt the same way and you know as someone who was wearing an england jersey hoping that <laughs> either team would score at that at, at at halftime just simply because for the entertainment factor i think um you know it was really just one of those games where you go into halftime and if you're either head coach, you're really hoping or you're really you're really aiming to push your players to to start the second half fast. And I think the US actually started the second half better than than the English. Yeah. And as you said, the little bit of hope gave not only the fans who are watching the game hope, but the players a little bit of more energy. Mm -hmm. And you could see that at the start of the second half. Uh, some of the stats from this one. So the U.S. had 10 shots, only one on target, which, again, is a concern. I think that's two games, two yep. shots on target, yes, one goal. Uh, England had eight shots, but three on target. Uh, possession, we had 44%. Um, passes, just to give you an, an idea on the balance, they had 541. The U.S. had 422, so not terribly off. Uh, pass accuracy, they were humming at 87%. We were at 83%. So, again, not, not like we were sloppy with the ball. No. 
you want to really be 85% higher yes. at a good level. But again, World Cup, you're playing one of the best teams in the world. Like, good day out for the for the boys. Agreed. We had 15 fouls to their nine. No cautions, which insert either referee side. talking point. Interesting. So the US, I think that that's good management, though. Well, I mean, I definitely think that a lot of people were upset that he maybe left his cards in the locker room type of thing. Like, there were cautionable offenses for sure um but from that perspective i think that the managers are going to be happy right because no cautions less headaches yes agreed um and uh, you know the it also sets the tone for the game and allows them to play an aggressive game and which they did allows both and and tells both teams okay we can make tackles but don't be silly don't be over aggressive. Don't be, uh, don't put yourself in a situation to, to potentially be suspended for the next round. The referee's going to let the game go and let the game flow. So just be smart. Hyper, or maybe not hyper, but like um, very different from the U.S.'s first game. Yes, very much so. <laughs> so different as, referee, as a player mindset. Yes, right. You went from strict, like almost over the top, to now this guy's letting everything go. Yep. You. That probably favored England a little bit more because they were able to play more open than us in the beginning. I'm sure the U.S. players went out there a little bit more cautious, being like, Absolutely. oh, we can't do as much. But it Absolutely. didn't hurt. But I think every player on that field is used to that. It, it doesn't matter what type of referee you have or who you have on the field. Every player knows that you have to be able to adjust to that and pick up on that very quickly. And obviously... As we discussed in episode one, the U.S. kind of struggled with that in yeah. their first game. Yeah. But I think that they were able to settle into this game a little bit faster and recognize that and manage it throughout the game. Well, and I would say that a Premier League tempo favored us. Like, the U.S. Yep. would love to play a Premier League team versus a La Liga team. Absolutely, yeah. Just in the way it's set up. Much you know. more physical. Yeah, less pacey. T- yes, right. Less technical. Yep. Much more direct. Agreed. So that I think that all matched up. Um, they had one offsides. We didn't have any, and we actually had seven corners to their three. Interesting. And Christian on corner kick duty, which he doesn't not do for Chelsea. So a little bit different for him. I thought his his delivery has been inconsistent, but there's a couple really good balls. Agreed. Um, I forgot one of the plays. They did a good job of uh, essentially blocking stones off the ball. Then Walker Zimmerman was wide open kind of at the top of the six back post. He was. It just didn't get to him, but he got free. So I was like, all right, good. I'm seeing some... Some thought going into these set pieces. We're we're all on the same page. We just you know missed it by a little bit. Agreed. Uh, but I felt like from a corner kick standpoint, we had a couple of good looks in there. Yeah, uh, I think that the U.S. did their homework. Obviously, most teams these days are 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 out and scouting defensive set pieces, and most defense and most teams are scouting offensive. So it's it's really mitigating what you know they're going to bring to the table. And I think for the US from the US's standpoint putting Christian on set piece duty changes a little bit because he hasn't been on set piece duty not only for Chelsea but for the US in the past 5 or 6 games as well. So that little change of of personnel might have thrown England off a little bit and it could have played to their advantage. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, you know, who else cuz Way has got some good height, you know, Tyler's a decent body. Musa, same thing. You know, McKenny, they're probably protecting around the box. For sure. Robinson is actually has good height to him. Agreed. Tim Ream, Zimmerman. Like you can go put, you know, four four guys in the box, like crashing for the header with a few to protect it. And then obviously you're one man back for outlet. Absolutely. To your point, kind of by default, it becomes Christian. Hey, you know what? It's just best if you take this. Agreed. And I think he's, he's grown into it. Yeah. So you get into it. Uh, a huge talking point from other match was no Gio Reyna, right? It, you know, put in Jordan Morris essentially um, over him for for his reasons. We get to see Gio. Uh, Brendan Aronson comes on, looks good. He came on for yeah. Weston. Uh, Shaq Moore came on uh, to give Serginio Dest a break. Which was very interesting, in my opinion, after having subbed DeAndre on in the last game. So, yeah, what do you, what do you make of that? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if maybe DeAndre did something wrong or it was just a preference of of player personnel versus England. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. 
Um, with that said, I think DeAndre gives you a little bit more going forward when you're chasing the game, um, especially because he's played at that level mm -hmm. against a lot of these players before during his time at Tottenham and Newcastle. So in my opinion, I would have put DeAndre on the field. However, Greg Berhalter is the coach of the national team. So I can't really, <laughs> yeah. can't really question him. It's a fair call. Um, Josh Sargent went up top. Uh, you know, he went in for, I think, Haji, uh, Gio for, for Reina, or sorry, Gio for Wea. Uh, and so you got essentially Christian, um, Reina, and uh, who did I say was the other one? Uh, Sergeant up top, Josh. which I thought was good because it continued to allow us to apply pressure from the Agreed. top yep. and not let, uh, you know, England come in. Sometimes teams will put in like center backs or more defenders in the midfield just to clog it up. But the problem yep. is you're still letting service come in. You're yes. still letting balls Agreed. come well, in. Well, it's inviting pressure. It's inviting, you know, them to put the ball down your throat and you really have to defend at that point. Yeah. So, I, I you know, as far as the changes, that was good. You look on the other side. Uh, we actually cheered in the pub when Jordan Henderson came on. We thought that was great for us. Uh, well, as a Liverpool fan, <laughs> I feel very disrespected, but um, I can see as from a U.S. standpoint, I can understand that he's, I don't think, uh, as much of an attacking threat. However, I know that from being a Liverpool fan, he is hardworking, he presses, and I think he did a lot of that. And there were a few times where he created turnovers, which I don't think the average fan would really pick up on just from one sub. Well, and he'll bring leadership, organization. Absolutely. He's I, one of the senior players on the team. He's definitely not going out there to win it. I think is what no. we looked at it in that Absolutely. sense. Absolutely, I like, agree. And Rashford came on, attacker, great. Grealish came on, which it was fun watching Grealish and Shaq become friends. Shaq was just kicking him at every opportunity. Yep. Jack couldn't handle it. He knew exactly how to play. Oh, Grealish. absolutely. And it's, you know, when you are a defender and you're in those moments versus players that are less, I, I want to use the term or the phrase less physical, you know that chipping at their heels is going to upset them. Why do you think players kick Neymar? Because it eats away at his mentality oh, yeah. and his ability to get over and impact the play. And then he rainbow flicks over your head. You know, this is, that's the, yeah, that's the thing. Phil Foden didn't come on again. Uh, all right, he didn't come on in this one. I mean, other than that, though, I think Rashford and Grealish are definitely your two attackers. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it just, it's how it played out. I think, like, we ended up looking about as good as we could of the way that it all shook out, I think. Agreed. Agreed. I think uh, the U.S. gets out of there with a solid point i think Moral maybe they victory. are i think maybe the u.s looks back at that game and thinks and is a little disappointed that they were not able to get three points but with that said the english were very content sitting back dictating right the game for for different phases and getting out of that game with one point so this is how i look at it the u.s are going to be happy they're going to look Agreed. at it as a moral victory they'll take their point they're still going to be more upset about wales that should have been handled better the english inside their camp are going to say you know what we're good we got the point that we needed Absolutely. no injuries harry kane you know he had his ankle issue yep. they're buying time no more cautions like they can go into this this last match against wales and do whatever they need to yeah so I think that like inside them, like everybody walked away happy, but for very different reasons. Agreed. I think England puts themselves in a very good position to walk through the the final game and you know be in a good position at the end of it. And I think the U.S. with the result versus Wales is a little disappointed now looking back on the England game, because I think that at times they were the better team. And yeah. They, they caused England more issues than I think England thought they would. Oh, yeah. But now they are in a much more difficult situation than I think they thought they would be in after the first two games. Yeah. Because going into Iran, it is a must-win game. Didn't see that coming. No. But that's and why... it will be a difficult game, because Iran knows that they can play for a point in advance. Yeah. Oh, exactly. They now have the upper hand. Yep. Like, we all thought that it was going to be, and we said this, who's going to beat Wales by more? 
Nope, it's who's it or I'm sorry, who's going to beat Iran by more? Now it turns out who's going to beat Wales by more. Yep, <laughs> that's exactly. It did and not the see fact, that coming. Yeah, the fact that the U.S. tied is not good for uh, tied both. Yeah, both games is not not favorable. But you were always going to have to win one when you go into these tournaments. Yeah. Like the odds, and it's happened a couple of times, I think. But like you can't really get through on three points. No, you need it's very difficult to win, and so. The U.S. always knew at the beginning of this tournament you had to pick up a win. Look, In they the first haven't lost yet, so that's great. But now you need to go put, you know, the ball in the back of the net potentially Agreed. two times. Agreed. So and it's it's going to be very difficult having only scored one goal in your first two games. Well, and the other thing is, let's see what Burhalter does to line up a team that has to go win and not lose. Yeah. Well, and how Iran adjusts to that because they know that that will be coming. Are they going to sit back, defend, and hit the U.S. on the counter, or are they going to go out and play the game, the style of, of game that they've been playing the last two games? Uh, the good old four four one one from Iran. Mm, yes. Don't see that changing. <laughs> so essentially a four five one for them. Uh, look to hit people on the break. Uh, so like Cody said, England are at top of the group on four points. Uh, Iran in second on three points. The U.S. in third on two points, and Wales in fourth on one point. Now here's Again, you always played a goal difference, right? Yep. Doesn't matter in this situation. No, it does not. Iran's at negative two. We're at zero. But there's no world can we tie them on points and then go through on goal difference. Nope. So, again, they can win or draw and go on. Yep. We have to win to, to go on. Absolutely. So, uh, Wales are absolutely out of it. They don't. Um, I mean, I guess the funny thing is if Wales did win, they would also be on four points and they would have head-to-head with England. I don't yes. know where head-to-head and goal difference come in because there are six goals between them. But, like, there's still so much to play, which is, is why the World it, Cup is wild. Yes, I agree. It's uh, anything can happen on match day kind of tournament. And it, and it allows for so much back and forth <laughs> and uncertainty that creates, from a fan's perspective, so much fun because <laughs> it is so unpredictable <laughs> And literally, the the group can flip on its head. Well, there's there's a real situation where, no, that yeah, England are on four points, Wales are on four points, and Iran are on four points. If Iran and the U.S. draw and Wales beats England, there's gonna be a lot of upset people over yes. the technicality of why they're not advancing. One hundred percent. Oh, that's why. Look, you gotta win. Just take care of business. Yep. Don't leave it up to the Agreed. rules. Yep. All right. Um, enough with that. Uh, the the big change really that's happening is who are considered favorites after after the games that we've had. Well, um, I mean, I certainly wouldn't say Argentina are favorites, and I don't think I would say Germany are favorites after losing to Japan. Well, I kind of put the pre-tournament favorites in here so we can see where they're at. By the way, watching Argentina and Mexico, as we said, why is Ochoa wearing a Spanish kit and goal? I <laughs> was thinking the same thing but did not mention anything. Uh, it might have been a clash of colors. Well, I'm so not he, sure. He's got a red top. Color is. He's got a red top, right? And, and Mexico it, has Spanish red jersey? socks. No, it's just it looks like a Spanish oh, jersey because of red I and see, blue. So obviously he can't wear red socks. So he opted for blue shorts and blue socks with a red top. <laughs> I don't know if he opted for that or maybe the referees made him change. What was he wearing? All blue? And maybe. they said no? They said no because of Argentina's strip because it's white and blue. Yeah. I because mean, most I, goalkeeper kits now are one solid color. Right. So that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, like... When, you look at Martinez on the other end. He's wearing all <laughs> light light green. Which you could say if he, if Ochoa had to change. I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> but Martinez didn't have to change. I don't know. Maybe... I don't know. That's so so you, you don't one. get to choose, like, your no, kit combo? unfortunately not. Who no. tells you what to wear? Uh, usually the kit man tells you what to wear. Who one, tells him what to wear? I believe in this situation it would be FIFA. In the MLS it is pro. PRO, yeah. professional referees organization. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah, he's in a lime green. Yeah. Maybe that's a different, That's a stark contrast enough to, to Mexico's green top. This is hilarious. That is That is quite interesting. Yeah, it had to have been he was in all blue and someone said no. Yeah. 
That was a good ball in. Yeah, um, so ball. Argentina, if they can't get a, any points against Mexico, they are done. Uh, and where they stand is they obviously lost to Saudi Arabia, playing Mexico now. But if they can't get three points between Saudi and Arabia and Mexico, do they deserve to move on? No. Pretty simple. I don't believe that they do. Uh, I think a lot of people will be very upset by that because this Argentinian team is stacked with talent. Messi just picked up the ball between the center backs. He's That's not ideal. Think, no. He's your creative playmaker and he's picking up the ball on the halfway line. He's now walked 35 yards to 10 yards within the 18. Yeah. Hey. He's slow playing him. <laughs> Uh, the other one we had uh, from South America, we can stick there, is Brazil. Uh, they played the one match. They beat Serbia. We talked about Correct. that. Uh, they're still my favorites. Um, you start off the tournament three points and a plus two goal difference. Like, you're in a good spot. Obviously, Agreed. Neymar Agreed. is a potential injury, but they're loaded. They've got players they that are. come in. They are. And, uh, you know, outside of, outside of England, me being uh, very true to my, my heritage and loyal <laughs> to my heritage, they are. Uh, you know, my favorite as well. I actually have England playing Brazil in the final in my bracket. Well, England, as we've just talked about, should have no problem going through. But at the end of the day, if they somehow lose to Wales, it's going to get dicey for them. Agreed. Um, but so they beat Iran, drew the U.S. They're in a good position. I, I would definitely say they're in tournament management mode, right? Trying to Absolutely. manage the entire thing. Yep. Um, and not getting maybe overzealous with anything. How do we feel about France? Well, I mean, they haven't made it easy on themselves, right? So they beat Australia, and they just beat Denmark today. It was 2-1. They were battling for it. But the thing is, they created the opportunities. They just didn't finish. Like, Griezmann had essentially a breakaway that he missed on his left foot. And so I think that, um, you know, losing your star striker right before the tournament, right? Karim Benzema going down. Um all I would say, though, is him and Giroud are quite similar yes. in play style. Giroud Very loves a link-up as well. Agreed. And they both can score off, off their head. So I don't think it was like the most disastrous disastrous player to lose in that sense. But then they also lost Luca Hernandez. Yes. First game with ACL. Yeah. They lost Varane beginning of the tournament. But they're doing enough. They are. They're doing enough to get by, and I think uh, they've put themselves in a very good position. They're sitting atop their group with six points, correct? So, yep. Um, it's, it's one of those that I think – they are going to advance, and then it's going to depend on the players that they have available, who they play, of course. But Yeah, six points, plus four goal difference. They're in a good spot. Uh, the other one, neighbors, uh, Spain. They have only played one game, but boy, did they play it. <laughs> uh, they, they have yes. three points, top of the group, over Japan, plus seven goal difference. Uh, that's probably going to help. But again, they have Japan and Germany in their group as well. Yeah. But from a favorite standpoint, I think you know they've struggled a little bit uh, in the past few tournaments. They have. They this haven't was... been the same Spain that we that you and I would have grown up knowing. Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the eight years of nonstop dominance, or yes. maybe even more. Uh, that said, the rest of that group is is kind of flipped on on its head in terms of what people would have predicted with Japan being over Germany right now, which is another favorite that. Uh, at this point, you have a lot of questions. Lot They've of only questions. played the one game, right? Um, they have to step up in in play um, Spain and Costa Rica. Obviously, I don't know who they play next, but if it's Costa Rica and they go, you know, smack them as well, gives them a little f- bit of confidence going into the Spain game. Absolutely, uh-huh. yeah. And hopefully, Spain can get their six points and not need that last one. Agreed. Again, tournament management is just crazy yep. how this all kind of falls out. Uh, and then the last one we had was Belgium. It is their golden generation. <sighs> Um, they're top of the group. They've only played the one game. They beat uh, Canada, like I said, one nothing. Not overly convincingly, but no. sometimes all you gotta do is get through and see what happens. Oh, and there's the goal. And, and who, who was scores it? it? Yep. A little bit of a deflection over Ochoa. He tucked that in. Yeah, deflection just inside though. the post. I think it was a deflection. He planned that. Oh, he planned that, huh? And. My wife is actually I love watching that. the game upstairs, and all I can hear is... I think she's listening to it in Spanish, too. Uh, she might be. Smart. I'm not sure. So Messi has broken the deadlock. They're up one nothing in the 64th minute. Yes. Um, doing enough. Doing enough. And if they get this result, that is obviously very good for their... Chances. 
Agreed. Yeah, they need the three points. Need, need, need three points. Gotta love Messi. Um, but yeah, anyways, it's Belgium's golden generation. This is kind of their last chance. You know, uh, Hazard's doing all all right with his fitness. You got Courtois, Kevin De Bruyne, Lukaku's injured, so they're playing without him right mm. now. Uh, Mishi Bashawai is playing, who's in Turkey on loan from Chelsea because we haven't let him go. That looked pretty clean to me, Cody. Mm. He megged two defenders. Oh, oh. Tucked it in. That is, uh, yeah. No oh, deflection. Man. Ochoa covered well, too. Yeah. It's right in the corner. Anyways, let's talk about Courtois' penalty save. Yeah. So, as we, a lot of the goalkeepers. We've seen this. So I've got Chesney's pulled up here. So we're looking at it now. Um, the other one was uh, even Ochoa, right? Where they hop one direction and then come back the other way. And I don't know if attackers are are falling for this right now or what, but it's um, it seems to be working. Let's see what Courtois did. No, it's just a bad pen. Yes, it's just a bad penalty from Davies, and that's not something that you would expect of, from a player of his quality. But with that said, he's Courtois starts behind the line. So another strategy of penalty. And I, I, I believe, Pro told us in MLS that we're actually not allowed to do that. That'd be. We have to start on the line. Look, but I could be mistaken. An anti-goalkeeper agenda. So Courtois takes one step forward. So he's got because his, it's less entertainment. <laughs> he's if got they, if they don't one score. foot behind the line and one foot in front of the line. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, so it all so changes weird. Uh, and then here's the other save from Courtois as well. Ball whipped in a header. That is full extension. Full. Now they tweet big save. If you catch the ball and hold it, is it a big save? I don't think so. <laughs> Oh, so funny. And then there's the save from Chesney. He had the double save in this yeah. one. This, uh, to me, again, is another bad penalty. But the, step left. the second save is incredible. Quick reaction to get up, put a plant foot in, and be able to make a save. I mean, that that's what we're talking about. You know, uh, Chesney had five saves in that game, too. So definitely yeah. far busier. Courtois had the three saves against Canada. Um, so a couple of, of top days from them. Uh, there's been a lot of 0-0 draws. Goalkeepers haven't had to do a lot, especially the first game. No one wants to lose the first game. Agreed. So we're just going to see the 0-0s. I know a lot of people are complaining about that, but I'd also say, have you watched a World Cup before? <laughs> like This is this, this is, is what you get. Just this wait for the, the, round, the third round yep. where everyone needs results or they need another amount yep. of goals or whatever it is. That's when like things just get bonkers. Yeah, third match day, and then the knockout stages are always very tight. Very tight. I look. You, you this would be the o- this could be the only time these players ever have a chance to play in the World Cup. And like, agreed. All you want to do is not lose. I always think back to Italy winning it with a, just an unbelievable defensive effort. Yeah. You know, Fabio Cannavaro leading the team. Buffon yep. obviously saving the pen from Zidane in the final. Yeah. They were very... defensive juggernaut, and you, if you can't cool. score against them, like. How are you going to beat them? Yeah. If you don't concede, you cannot lose. And especially when you get to this point, all you have to do is defend and hit pens. Yeah. You know, there there <laughs> is a strategy to winning tournament football. <laughs> there is, yes. Uh, you there guys is. won the Canadian Cup. What, we did. The and, Canadian did, Championship. The differences that you guys had to take into when it's got to knockout rounds and tournament play? Uh, no, not, it, it, was, it was really, I mean, trying to win the game in normal time. Sure. It's always the favorite, right? Uh, is, is always the favored recipe for... For success, however, that's not how it always plays out, and you know you have to be prepared for penalties. So, from a from a club standpoint, we were practicing penalties the two days leading into the game, um, and then the goalkeepers were doing their homework. Uh, the goalkeeping coach, well, I should say the the backroom staff, the video analysts would would draft all the all the penalties and and collect them into one, send them to all all the goalkeepers and then we would sit there as a group and go over the penalties um and favored position or favored uh, spots for the penalty takers and and we would really uh kind of take that off but at the end of the day it's it's down to the gut instinct of the goalkeeper and right you know i think that you're seeing a lot of homework being done from the goalkeepers in the world cup currently because they are going say one way and then they know that maybe 
this specific taker is going to go right. So they take that pop step to the left and force them into their favorite position. At least make them think, you know, maybe try to change at the last second. Agreed. You know, obviously, Jorginho and I think uh, Eden Hazard have both done that where they wait, 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 wait. Yep. Um, where did you hide your notes? In the sock, water bottle? Ooh, no notes. It's all up here. What? Do my homework. You think you're better than Layman? I do not think I'm better <laughs> than Layman. However, that's a more old school way of doing it. Oh right? my gosh. I, th- yeah, I think it wasn't Emmy Martinez who had it in a water bottle too? I think he did for Villa. Yeah. By the way, I just saw McAllister come off for Argentina. Yeah. He's the least looking and the least surname of Sounding? any Argentina player that I've seen. And I looked it up and he is the player who plays for Brighton. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's for sure English. <laughs> he looks like it's definitely it. English. There's always a couple of funny ones. Maddie Cash plays for Poland. Yeah. Again. Grandparents Eng- are Polish. Yep, English. There's always some but interesting... I think you, you get to a point in your career where you realize that maybe you're not going to play for your home country and your parents of heritage from another one and you decide to make the switch or to, to play for that country. And Matty Cash is a perfect example of that. Yeah. I mean, again, we said it earlier, this might be the only time they get to play in a world cup. Like yep. they want that opportunity. And Tom Robinson, another one for American, for American fans is, is born and bred in, in England. Uh, I believe his father was a serviceman. Mm, yep. And ended up playing for the U S because he was not, going to get yeah. called into England. Yeah, which is why we saw a lot of German dual citizens. Exactly. Uh, obviously, we always see a lot of um, Latin and Hispanic players with the dual, dual citizenships as well. Uh, Ferreira on the U.S. team right now. Uh, I think I saw the stat out there that there are more players born in France playing in this World Cup outside of France than actually for the French national team, which means there's a roster of 26, right? <laughs> so that means there's more than 26 French-born players that are playing for other countries around the world. Fantastic. Just kind of, it's always some very fun strange. connections, you know? Yeah, well, like, I mean, think about the eligible. Boateng brothers, right? The Boateng, yep. one played for Ghana, one played for Germany. Absolutely. Um, it's it's very interesting how... Jerome and Kevin Prince. Yes, Kevin <laughs> Prince. What a name. Anyways. We're good. We're going to finish the rest of this game. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. We're going to be back in a, in a few more days with another roundup and update. Uh, we gotta we gotta finish off this group stage yes, strong. Yes, we do. So, uh, hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, you know, please share it. We're gonna be putting out more and more content uh, while Cody's around in the off season. And then, obviously, once he gets in season, we'll we'll turn our focus back to the domestic game a little bit. But for now, uh, I am full on an American fan. He's your English fan. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back next time.